as we just sang. Lord, your word reminds us, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be made as white as snow. Though they be as crimson, they shall be as wool. Lord, I praise your name for that promise and that reminder. And God, how we've sang about that and we've, we've found hope in that. Lord, as we go and look at your word once again, I pray that you would open up our hearts, that our hearts and our minds would be fixed on you and what you have to say to us. God, that we would not be distracted. Lord, that they would not be overly complicated. Lord, that it would be simple and it would speak to our hearts and it would change our lives forever. God, sometimes we try to make things too complicated. I pray that we wouldn't do that. I pray that we would just simply listen to you, rest in your arms, and God, let you speak to us. So, Lord, your word is precious to us. We are so incredibly thankful for it. I pray that you're glorified now as we open it up and we allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us through your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that we are just ready to receive what you have for us. God, we are so incredibly grateful for this time. Be glorified now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So we've been in a series. We started last week. It's called Weary. And I, I think that part of the reason that we started this series is because I have been sick. I've been like out of my mind, sick, kind of just in bad shape lately, okay? So uh, for whatever reason, God brought us to this place called Weary. I feel a lot better now, but I still feel like God wants us to continue in this series. So that's what we're going to do. Um, I don't typically talk about contemporary stuff. I don't talk about like politics and stuff that's going on in the news and stuff like that. I don't typically do that a whole lot uh, just because I believe that God's word is what counts and it's what stands and we don't need to worry about all that other garbage and it's not something I'm going to spend a whole lot of time talking about. Uh, that doesn't mean that on occasion I won't mention it or something like that. For the most part, I don't really talk a whole lot about what's going on in the news. With the exception of today, for just a few minutes, I'm going to talk about something that has happened uh, with your leadership team here at Simple Church, we were supposed to go to Haiti tomorrow, supposed to get on a, a plane in Atlanta at 7.15 in the morning and go to Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and then we would drive up the coast and go to Missions of Hope in Haiti. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a Category 4 hurricane that's 240 miles southwest of Haiti right now. Uh, it's supposed to arrive in Port-au-Prince, Haiti at the same time our flight was supposed to land in Haiti. So we are not going. Uh, God has... As, as I've been trying to listen closely to God, what do you have for us, Lord? Is this where, you're, where you want us to go or is it not? Um, God has just used this time to kind of impress upon me that, you know what? It's not wise for us to go. That's not where God wants us to go right now. So we're going to postpone that trip. Uh, I, you say we're going to postpone it like a month, two months, two years, 60 years. I don't know. We'll listen to God and God will show us that, okay? Uh, but I believe... I believe that as, uh, as people, we have a tendency to do something. And you see if you can identify with this at all. Um, I think that sometimes we get impatient. Everybody's like, no, that ain't me. <laughs> I, thank God he is not talking about me because I am a very patient person. I don't ever get impatient. So thankfully, Kenny is not talking to me today. Um, you know what I believe? You know, we, we talk about this, this series being weary. And um, you know what I believe? Uh, we talked about last week that that one of the reasons that we're weary is because we do too much, right? We, we, we spend a lot of time doing stuff because that's what we think we're supposed to be doing. And it turns out that we're not doing God's stuff, we're just doing good stuff, right? And we end up spinning our wheels because we're, we're busy and we think that God wants us to be busy. 
as opposed to being productive for the gospel and doing what God's called us to do, we just spend a lot of time and we think, well, that's what God wants me to do. He wants me to, to just do a lot of stuff. Well, that's exactly what the Pharisees thought. They thought that what mattered the most is how much stuff we do, how we dressed, how we fasted, uh, how much money we gave. And, and Jesus came in and he said, Pharisees, you got it all wrong. It has to do with the heart and it has to do with you leaning into me. And then they were like, no, no, Jesus, you got it all wrong. But I believe that we behave that way too a lot of times, don't we? We, we do what we think we're supposed to do as opposed to listening to God and what God wants us to do. We say, well, I've got plane tickets to go to Haiti. I'm supposed to go to Haiti. I, I, we've already paid the money, and there's a chance we won't get it back. And, and, and even if God says no, I'm going anyway, right? Because I've got a plan. And what we say, I've got a plan, man. This is a plan. I'm just working the plan. I plan the work, and I work the plan. And there are some times when God says, no, 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 no. What I really want you to do, instead of planning the work and working the plan, is I really want you to just listen to me. I want you to depend on me, and I want you to listen to what I say and not what you say. Whoa, 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 Jesus, you've got to be crazy here. You mean as a Christ follower, I'm supposed to listen to your voice and not my own? Surely you must be joking. Surely Jesus couldn't really be saying that, that I'm supposed to listen to him, tune in to him, and even be patient in waiting and listening to him and do what he wants me to do as opposed to me jumping in. I, I get this a lot in ministry, right? So I have seen guy after guy after guy after guy fall into this trap. God's called me to ministry. Well, praise the Lord. That's awesome, man. I am excited God has called you into ministry, and you are going to preach the gospel, and that is phenomenal. And they go, they will take any job whatsoever they can find that's in ministry. So long as it puts them in ministry, they're in. Man, I, I want to be in ministry. God's called me to ministry. I want to be in ministry. I'm going to go do that. And I see them make, they have no concern whether the church has the same doctrine as they have. If, if they line up spiritually with, with that church, it doesn't matter. They want to be in ministry, so they go and they take a job in ministry. And then they end up messing up, and, and they, they're not following God. They're following themselves. And, and I ask them, you know, so God's called you to ministry. How do you know he didn't call you to be in ministry when you're 55? How, how do you know God didn't call you to be in ministry when you're 86 years old? You're trying to make stuff happen as opposed to listening to what God says, and, and you get messed up that way. You know why? Because we're impatient people. I know everybody's like, you got to be kidding me. Surely he's not calling me impatient. I'm not calling you impatient. I'm telling you why you're weary. I'm telling you why you're weary. It's because you're not spending enough time listening to him. You're listening to yourself, and you end up spinning your wheels a lot of times, ended up doing good things, not God things. Am I right about that? Yeah, and some people going, man, he's already got my attention now. I don't like it very much, but he's got my attention. Even, even when it seems to be a God thing, we still need to listen closely to his voice and not our own. Because even, even this Haiti thing, that we, I felt like God was leading us there. And, that, and he may still be, but he's not telling us to leave on Monday. I mean, it's the strongest storm they've had in like a decade down there, okay? Like... Like, it's 108-mile-an-hour sustained winds. They, the, the Hurricane Hunter plane went down there at 7.08 this morning, 108-mile-an-hour sustained winds. And some people will say, well, you're supposed to go anyway, man. God's got the storm. And I would say he absolutely does. That's why I've been tuned into what he's saying the past 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours, listening to God and not listening to myself. Because if it was me, if it was me, I'd say, we're going anyway. If the Hurricane Hunter plane can get down there, we can get down there. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what the me would say. 
But God said, no, I want you to listen to me and not yourself and do what I say and not what you say. And that's hard for us. That's hard for us because we got a plan and we're impatient. I think that God has moved our hearts toward Haiti for this particular purpose and this particular time, and I, I got all that. But I believe that, that when, I, when I look at what's going on in the world, I can see that, that, that maybe, just maybe, what God was doing is moving our hearts toward Haiti so that we could have a bigger picture of the world and what's going on with the world. Because I don't know that we'd even be talking about Haiti right now if it wasn't for the fact that our leadership team was supposed to go down there on Monday. I don't know that they would be on our hearts and on our minds. I don't know that we'd be focused on what, what they're having to deal with and how they are praying today in church. See, I was down there. I saw what their churches look like. It's, it's, it's nothing more than just like, like uh, trusses with some tin stuck on top of it. And the walls were just four-by-four four posts with, with tarps nailed to it. And, and, and we probably, because the weather's really nice outside and we're loving the temperature outside and it looks really calm, we probably wouldn't have a world perspective on what these people are about to endure in the next 24 to 48 hours. We probably wouldn't have had that on our minds and on our hearts. But today, I want us to take a step back, to look at the bigger picture, to look at the overall picture of our lives and who are we listening to and what are we focused on and what's God impressing upon our hearts as opposed to what we want to hear and what we want to do and what our plan is. What is God's plan? Let's put the picture, the map up there of where this hurricane's headed. So this is the latest uh, map from... North American Atlantic Oceanic, whatever it's called. I don't even know. It's NOAA, yeah. So you can see that most of Haiti is under a hurricane warning. Most of Jamaica is under a hurricane warning, and this is a projected track. They don't know where in this cone the actual center of the storm will go, but this is where, where I visited right here in Jotmel, Haiti. And, man, I know those people. I know, I know the pastors there. I know the kids that are there, and I just imagine how they're praying right now and how they're depending on God and how they're listening closely to his voice for him to sustain them because their lives are on the line. Their lives are on the line. I want to show you a quick video. I this, this is a school building. I want you to look and see if you think about going to a school in a, a place like this and, and how safe and secure you would feel in this building during a hurricane. And, and maybe God will draw your heart towards these kids and praying for these kids in the next 24 or 48 hours when you think about what they're going to endure is this storm, which is actually stronger on the east side. So up in Jotmel, Haiti, that area, it will be stronger than right there at the eye. Look at this video. This is one we recorded while we were there.
they'll be praying in church today. I wonder how they'll be on their face before God asking Him to speak, asking Him to show the way. I bet, I bet it's a lot different, don't you think? You know, sometimes difficulties and trials make us tune in closely to His voice. We don't think about it in those terms. We look at difficulties and trials and we go, God, why don't you get me out of this situation? It's difficult, it's hard. Man, it's crushing me, Lord. The whole time he's telling her, I, I just want you to lean on me. I just want you to listen to my voice and not your own. But we struggle with that, don't we? Because we got a plan. We're a little impatient and we think that we know what we're supposed to do. And God says, no. No, I just want you to listen to my voice. Wait on me. Wait on what I have to say. We're going to be in the book of Isaiah today. I, I quoted you a verse from Isaiah just a few minutes ago. It's Isaiah 1.18. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they be as crimson, they should be as wool. Here we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to start in verse 1. And the people of Israel at this particular time think that God has abandoned them. They think that God has deserted them, that God doesn't care about them. That they've done so many things against God that God is no longer, he didn't want to fool with them anymore. And they're scared. And God sends the prophet Isaiah to speak gently to them. To remind them that he is God. And that he loves them. And that he is in control of every single thing. You know what they need to do? They need to humble themselves and listen to God and wait on God. And that's all that he asks. That's all that he invites them to do. God has impressed upon my heart that I'm supposed to read more scripture and talk less, so that's what we're going to do today. And so I listened closely to what God was saying. I, I really felt like he wanted me to read this whole passage to you in Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, he says it twice, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight a highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and the hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout, I asked. What should I shout? Shout to the people. Shout that people are like grass. Their beauty fades quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Here we see God speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, he does, he says he's telling his prophet, comfort them. Comfort them. 
They're depressed, they're sad, they're thinking that I've left them, I've deserted them, but tell them that the good days are coming. Tell them that there's hope. Tell them that there's a rescue that's going to happen. Tell them that they don't have to be sad. Speak gently to them. Speak gently to them. I think that in our lives sometimes we have a tendency to look too much it, it, it right here in the past 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, past year, and say, you know what? God has left me. God is, I'm nowhere near God. I'm not close to God. I used to be close to God, but I'm not close to God anymore. I don't pray like I used to. I don't read God's word like I used to. God is disappointed in me. God has left me. God doesn't want to have anything to do with me. You are going to go through that in your life, in your spiritual walk with God. There are going to be times when you don't feel close to God. And there are going to be times when you're weary. But I pray and I hope that you understand that God is speaking clearly to you. And he says, there's good times to come. Stay connected with me. Last week we read how God said, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Take up my yoke. Stay connected with me. See, we, when we feel that way, we have a tendency to want to quit. We want to walk away. God has left me, so I'm going to leave him. And Jesus the whole time is saying, stay connected with me. Stay connected with me. But we have a tendency, because we're so impatient, because we have such a plan for what we're supposed to do, that, 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 that we say, well, it's not going good right now, then that must mean that the big picture is that it's not going well. I want to show you a, a very practical, real-world illustration of what I'm talking about. Now, one of the things I do in premarital counseling is I give some basic, very basic financial advice, like have a joint checking account, okay? Don't have your money and his money, her money, his money. Have a joint checking account, okay? I give that advice. If you're wondering if you should have a joint checking account, that's the advice I give. Have a joint checking account, okay? Now, one of the other things I tell them to do is you need to invest in your future, now, every, every, every premarital counseling session goes like this. Yeah, I get you, Kenny. Yeah, I'm supposed to invest in the future, just like all the old people say. I hear you. You've done your duty. I'm not going to do it, but at least you've done your duty by telling me that I'm supposed to invest in the future. I'm supposed to put some money back. I'm supposed to you know, invest in that 401k that my, my company offers that basically is free money. I get you, but what do they do? They don't do that. They go out, buy a new car, buy a new house, buy anything they can and, and all that. They don't really stick any money back for the future. Look, I know that's going to happen. I still, as the pastor, have to tell them, invest in your future. Put some money away. Save some money because you're going to need it. The money that you put away right now is going to be very beneficial later on because you started early. And basically nobody takes that advice, but at least I've said it. And my conscience is clear because I've said it, right? So one of the things I have done, one of the things I have learned by not investing money is that I should invest in my future, okay? So I have learned that lesson, and that's why I try to tell young people they should learn that lesson too. So one of, the, one of the places I invest happens to be a bioscience company, and I've got the, the chart up here, a bioscience company by the name of Edwards Life Sciences, and they were like, wow, you're giving financial 101. Yeah, I am. Um, if you were to look at this one-month chart of how Edwards Life Sciences go, you would say, I don't know that I would put my money in that stock, Kenny. That's not a very wise investment. I don't know if you know that or not. But this is how we look at our lives. This is how we look at our spiritual lives, too. 
This is one month of somebody's spiritual life. A picture of that for a second. That it's up and down. There's peaks and valleys. And overall, it's like, man, this is not going well. That's not very pretty. I mean, this is, May 24th to June 24th, this is not a good picture. But I want you to zoom out for just a minute. And I want you to take a bigger picture. This May the 20th, or excuse me, June the 24th down here is right before uh, what was called the Brexit or the Brexit vote where Great Britain voted to exit the European Union. Everybody's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. Um, but uh, the stock market in a lot of ways was in turmoil as a result of that. People didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to happen in European markets, so they didn't know what was going to happen in the U.S. markets. Yes, finance 101. Anyway, so you look at this and you say, man, this is not going well. This is not what I want to invest in. But let me show you the five-year picture of this same company. It makes this little blip over here not look so big, right? In the middle of June, uh, actually it's middle of June over here, so this right here, that's where we were looking. Makes it not look so big, right? That's the picture of your spiritual life right there. That's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, there's some ups and downs, there's some valleys, there's some peaks, some good times, some bad times, sometimes you're close to God, sometimes you're not close to God. But the purpose is so that you'll lean on God more and the overall picture of your life will be like that. And we have a tendency because we're such impatient people, I just want to look at right now what's going on right now and how I feel right now. And God's saying, take a step back. Look at the big picture. Stay connected with me so that the overall picture of your life will be like that. But we get impatient. God's people are impatient here as Isaiah is speaking to them and they're worried and God's got to remind them who he is and who they are and he talks about grass in the fields and flowers in the field and how they wither and how they fade and he's trying to tell them you're like man I don't like God talking to me as if I'm grass in the field that's going to wither he's, trying, he's not trying to say they're insignificant and they don't matter Obviously, they matter because he's provided salvation for them and that he's talking to them. If they didn't matter, he wouldn't talk to them. He's trying to show them that, that how powerful and how strong his arm is. He's trying to show them that if they lean on him, he's the one that's strong and they aren't because they'll wither and fade away. But God sustains and God's the one that lasts and his word is what lasts. Listen to what he goes on to say as he reminds them about his strength and his power and his might and how strong and how big he is. In verse 12 it says this, Who else held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No. Just no. Did somebody teach God something? Boy, that's the way we act, isn't it, sometimes? I'm going to show God. I know, I, look, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to do it. I, I, and that's what you're saying when you say that. When you don't listen to God and you listen to yourself, you say, no, God, you don't know. I know. I got this. You stay out of the way. Let me go do my own thing. No. No. For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They're nothing but dust on the scales. He picks 
up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. The wo- all the wood of Lebanon's forest, all the Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nations of the world are worthy, worth nothing to him. In his eyes they count for less than nothing. Mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble them? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold overlaid with gold or decorated with silver chains? Or if people that are too poor for that, they might choose at least, might at least choose wood that won't decay or a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below him seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly can, can get started, barely t- taking root, and then he blows on them and they wither and the wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. God's talking here to his prophet Isaiah, and he's reminding his people of who he is. You know why I think sometimes we get impatient and we do our own thing? is because we forget who God is and what he has done and how powerful and strong he is and the fact that he knows way more than us. Way more than us. We get so, so caught up in, in what's going on right here, right now, that we don't take a step back and say, all right, God, what are you doing? We, instead, what do we say? We say, all right, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? That's the wrong way of thinking. God asked the question here. It's so funny the way it's worded here. I think it's amazing the way God's word is very sarcastic here. I'm a sarcastic guy, so I can identify with this particular passage. Who is my equal, said the Holy One? Who's equal to me? You know what the word holy means? It doesn't mean that you're a good guy. It doesn't mean that you do all the right stuff. Holy means set apart, completely unique. There is none like you. And God asks the question, who is like me, says the one who no one is like. You know what we act like when we get impatient and do our own thing? We're trying to act like God. We're trying to act like God. We're trying to be God over our own lives as opposed to listening to him who knows us. and, and care. He cares about us more than we care about ourselves. And yet we're, we're so dependent on ourselves and not dependent enough on him. Until a hurricane comes. And then we're like, oh, I've got to be dependent on the one who controls the winds and the waves and the rain. The hurricanes in our life, they come up too. And they don't always have wind and rain and waves. They don't always have that. But what is God trying to show us? What is God trying to teach us? The same thing that he's trying to teach the people of Israel. A dependence on him and who he is. And the fact that he loves them and speaks gently to them and cares for them. And knows them very intimately. And that there is no other like him nobody else like him and we continue to do our own thing and we get weary and we wonder why we question God God must be doing this God must be doing it yeah he, he he's in control of it he's sovereign over everything but he's doing it so you'll depend on him and stop depending on yourself 
Let's go on and read. Look up at the heavens who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by his name because of this great power and incomparable strength. Not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. We ne- he never grows weak or weary. He never grows weak or weary. We do. But we depend on ourselves more than we depend on him. Well, that's stupid. That's stupid. He never grows weak or weary. And we're not tuning into his voice. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and the strength to the powerless. Even youths become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You've heard that verse a million times and we quote it all the time. But we don't live it. It's not how we live our lives. We're too busy thinking about what we're going to do next and saying, God, what are you going to do next? Some people will say, well, I don't understand the voice of God sometimes. Kenny, I don't know if it's God talking or me talking. I've got some revelation for you, okay? People are like, Kenny, I don't know. How do I know? How do I know if it's God or it's me? I I got a thought for you. This is going to be crazy to you when I say this. Look at the past, look what God has done before. Look at your life before. There have been times in your life, I believe probably for everybody in here, that you have listened to the voice of God and you have done what God has said and you didn't do what you have said. When you look on the other side of that example, don't you see strength? Don't you see, man, I was listening to God and God led me this direction and I was obedient to God and I came out on the other side of it and I was stronger than that before I ever went into the situation. It doesn't even matter if it was good or bad. The fact that you were listening, you come out on the other side stronger, not weaker. But when you do not listen to God and you listen to yourself, when you come out on the other side of that situation, you look weaker if you listen to yourself. And the whole time God's trying to teach us. He's trying to show us. And we still go, I don't know why it didn't work out. I don't know why I'm weaker instead of stronger. Look back at your past. Look back at the things and the times when, when you had a choice to, to tune into God or tune into yourself. What did that sound like when God spoke? What did it sound like when God spoke to you and led you and through that situation you came out stronger and not weaker? Do you not remember? That's the whole thing he's trying to say to the nation of Israel right here. I said, don't you remember what it was like when I spoke and you listened and you followed me? But instead, instead we, we listen to ourselves. Instead we, we choose to, to follow our way and not God's way. There are two requirements. There are two requirements God gives in order to find strength in him. This is crazy too. Now, it's not based on whether or not your child dies of cancer or you get a divorce. It's not based on the circumstances around you and if your family, your mom, your dad leaves, somebody dies that you love and you care for deeply. This is not dependent upon circumstances. There are two ways, that you, two requirements for you to find strength in the Lord. 
Number one, you must be weak. So if you are weak and weary, you're in a great place to find strength in the Lord. So funny, man. I'm not a point guy when it comes to sermons, but these two points, if you will. How do I find strength in the Lord? Number one, you must be weak. Number two, you must depend on Him. Not based on circumstances or what junk has come into your life or how your life's been turned upside down and turn out the way you thought it should. What matters is whether or not you are weak and whether or not you're willing to admit that you are weak. And too often, too often we're trying to dig ourselves out. We're trying to make stuff happen. God's word right there says it doesn't matter how young and how strong you may think you are. You will be weak at some point. You will be weary at some point. What will you do when you are in that place? How will you respond when you are in that place, when you are weak and you are weary? Will you try to find your own strength because at some point you'll faint and you'll fall down? Or will you depend on me, the one who is the source of all strength, the one who has everything that sustains you and everything that you need? I even put the stars in the sky and hung them out there and not one of them is missing. But we try to do it ourselves. Because we know best, right? We know best. And God's asking you to come humbly before him and say, God, I need you and you alone because I can't do it. It says, those who will wait on the Lord. That's what the King James Version says. It says, those who wait on the Lord will find strength and they will soar on wings like eagles. I think, I think this translation, I, I like it a little bit better those who trust in the Lord, those who depend on the Lord. We're too anxious to make decisions sometimes, thinking we know what's best. And, and you see those people that they make mistake after mistake, and then it comes out on the other side, they're weaker and not stronger, and they don't understand why. And then you see some people who, who, who I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to sit here on my hands and just wait on God to do something. All right, God, hit me. Lightning bolt, fire from heaven, something. And the whole time God's saying, what I'm trying to show you is not for you to do nothing, but for you to trust in me. For you to trust in me, for you to listen to my voice, respond to my voice, do what I've called you to, to do. Trust in me, depend on me for everything. We can't be impatient. We can't be impatient. We have to we have to depend on him for every single thing. When it came to going to Haiti, whether or not we should leave, everything inside of me said, I want to go, man. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And God closed the door through a hurricane and said, nope, you're not going. This is not the right time. This is not the right place. If we were going to serve for a week-long, month-long trip and we were going to go and help rebuild, that may be one thing, but we're going for a vision trip that's supposed to last for three days. I don't believe... I don't believe that we could spend a lot of time focusing on the vision for Haiti when we're hunkered down just trying to survive a hurricane. It's not, it's not, it's not wise. I don't, I don't believe that's what God's called us to do. Even though God gave us a heart and a direction to go there, he said, no, not right now, not at this time. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Why? 
Because maybe, just maybe, he was trying to show us that we're weak, just like those people in Haiti right now. They don't have strong walls for their churches and, and school buildings. They're going to be dependent on him and the leadership of the Holy Spirit for the next few days to sustain them and get them through. And maybe that's what he was trying to show us, is that we're supposed to be the same way. Instead of thinking that we've got it all figured out and we know the best way, maybe he's just trying to show us, be dependent on me. Trust in me. Wait on me. So what about your life? Who are you listening to? Are you weak? And are you willing to say that I need help and direction? Then you're in the right place. If you're weak but think you all got it figured out, you're missing it. You're missing. God's trying to show us. So man, you don't understand my ways. You don't get everything that I'm doing. Trust me. Trust me. Let me pray. Father, thank you, God, for the opening of my eyes to the fact that I have to have a true dependency on you and you alone. That there are places in my life where I try to make things happen, and Lord, I cannot do that. I simply must trust in you. I must rely on you fully. God, and only through that will I find strength. No matter what the, the world throws at me, no matter how difficult things may become, what matters most is my trust and dependence on you. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that, God, you do what you have to do in my life so that I will trust you more. Lord, I, I pray for the people in here, Lord, I pray that they've heard you clearly and they've stopped relying on themselves, but they would rely on you. And through all the difficulty and all the struggles that they face in their life, God, they would use that as an opportunity not to run away from you, but to run close to you. Father, we so desperately need you, and we acknowledge that. We proclaim that, the fact that we need you and you alone, and we are so impatient, but God, we don't know what is best. So help us to wait on you, trust in you, depend on you. Lord, I know there are people that are hurting in this place. I know that, that the world has, has crushed them, that there are things in their life that they don't understand. But we trust in your understanding and we trust in the fact that, God, you're the one that put the stars into place. You're the one that told the oceans where to stop. There's nothing that, that you don't know about. There's nothing that surprises you. There's nothing that you don't understand. Lord Jesus, help us to grasp that truth today. Help us to lean into you more. Father, we need you. You invite us to simply come, that if we're weak and we're weary, we just to come. So Lord, I pray that people would do that, that they would come to you. And for the people in Jotmill, Haiti, today and tonight, Lord, as they're praying, I pray that you would give them strength, that they would soar on wings like eagles, even in the midst of the storm, God, that they would, through their dependence on you and you alone. God, this is your time as we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone stand.